Hey, guys, this is Bill, and uh, thanks for listening to Known Legacy. Do us a favor and click on the uh, subscribe button as you're, as you're listening to this and give us a five-star or give us a review. And we'd love to connect with you at uh, knownlegacy.org. Check us out. Today we are talking about Jacob and his heavenly father. You're listening to the Known Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Known Legacy Ministries. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your hosts, Bill and Travis. Morning, Bill. How you doing, man? Doing well, doing well. Just, you know, doing what I do. So, my daughter's getting ready to graduate. Wow. Like in a couple weeks, right? Yep. She got her cap and gown the other day. How was that for you? That was a little emotional to see that. And, but she's ready. She's ready. She's she's dialed in. She's ready. She's good to go. My other daughter's learning how to drive. And let me tell you something. You know, you may... Uh, uh, just a public service announcement here. You, at some point, uh, will think to yourself, I can either give $500 to someone else to teach them how to you know, teach my kid how to drive, or I can do it myself. Let me tell you something. That $500 may be the best investment you can ever make in life. <laughs> I, I, I love could, my daughter, but... Boy, I have lost years and years from teaching her how to drive. But she does now know how to stop at stop signs, so that's always a good thing. And she keeps it on the street now. There was a few times that she was on the grass. Okay, but she's doing better. Yeah, yeah my son's learning to drive. Oh he's doing. He's actually doing doing really good. And there's moments that I'm like, I don't have to pay attention anymore. I'm like, wait, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> so, but you know, one of the other things that are a guarantee in our kids' struggles is that there's always going to be dad jokes. <laughs> Unfortunately, oh, we're going back to this. this we are. Is, we're doing this. this. Is, I, I'm really. What 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 number are we on out of a hundred? So I know how much longer we are. I don't know because I'm having to flip through the book quite a bit. Because in the beginning, I just flipped through and grabbed some. Yeah, that was a bad idea. All right, I know, let's, I let's just go. Let's just let's, let's just pull the bandaid. I'm, I'm going to sacrifice a long-term blessing of peace and just let's let's have this pain right now. Okay, good. Why did the banana put on sunscreen? Because his pee, he was peeling. Because he didn't want to peel. Oh, okay. I was close. I'm close. You're getting better at these. Thank you. Thank you. You are. Um, hey, I Dad. I don't know if that's a compliment, though. Let's be honest. I know. We're getting bad <laughs> with dad jokes. Hey, Dad, is it safe to dive in the pool? Uh, no, it's not safe to dive into the pool because it's um, shallow. I would say... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. You totally took me on a different ride here. Um... Hey, Dad, is it safe to dive in the pool? <laughs> it deep ends. Oh. Yeah, no, that's, that was that's, pretty that's, good. What is the name of the fattest knight? Oh. Um, Krispy Kreme. No, wait, wait, wait. Krispy Kreme. It's, uh, it's a double cheeseburger. No, wait, wait. Sir Double Cheeseburger. No. Circumference. Oh, so like circle. Dude, oh, I uh, yeah. You, you don't need to explain it. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm positive. I know what a circumference is. Idiot proof dad jokes by <laughs> Travis and Bill. Why did dad get rid of all the round plates? I don't know. Why did dad get rid of all the round plates? Because <sighs> no one was eating a square meal. That's so, so, so. I, I, I want to take this moment to just apologize on behalf of Bill. Guys, those are solid. For, no, those are those are those may be the worst that we've ever done. I don't know, circumference was pretty good. I feel like there needs to be mom jokes. Like someone needs to to be bold and write a book on mom jokes. 
You want to write it? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of the answer we got. Any moms out there want to give us some mom jokes, we would love them. But do I the am, dishes. I am not. There's no joke there. I know. Just I do, do the just dishes. Just do the dishes. Take the garbage out. There's no joke there. I know. Just do it. And like like folding laundry. Right. And there's this. Like, I, I'm it? the one who can never. Like I, I, I don't mind folding laundry if I can put on like 300 or Gladiator. Like yeah. that's usually how I break it down. But I never fold them as right as my wife does. Like she always makes those towels look amazing. And I'm like, I don't know who's going into our <laughs> towel closet. <laughs> for you to watch how nice those look. Like, I've never been like, hey, come on upstairs. Come here. Check out our towel closet. <laughs> it is, they're even and all the little ribbon things are perfect. Right, and right. Not me. No, no. That's like trying to fold a, a fitted sheet. Oh, I hate it. You just roll into a ball and you, you throw it You know what's even worse than that? Are those stupid moisture wicking shirts that our kids have mm. that are all slicky. And so you try to fold them and they all slide around and you just, uh, it's stupid. I, I hate folding clothes. I, yeah, folding clothes is like, that. that is my personal hell. If I ever had to go to hell, it would involve <laughs> folding clothes. Hey, Bill, welcome to hell. Well, your job no. for the eternity, folding towels. I mean, everything else, like wailing and gnashing teeth, but there'd also be laundry, <laughs> and it would never end. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I, I do. I do. And there's the fitted sheet pile. <laughs> no! <laughs> See, because a fitted sheet doesn't need, let's go, This is a fitted sheet really doesn't need to be folded. Because once it's on, it's so stretched out. You're, even if there are, again, who is looking at your fitted sheet? Like, do you like rip back the clothes? Look at, <laughs> look at neighbors. My fitted sheet is nice and folded. No one. No but one. Then, but then it begs the question: Who needs to make their bed every day? Because you're just going to get back in the next day. Jim Gaffigan says that's like tying my shoes after I take them off. Right. Like you just, you, you don't, don't do that. You don't do that. So. Guys, we're so glad to have you here today. Thanks for being back with us. Um, you know, today we're talking about uh, Jacob and Travis. You brought up a really, really good point because we had just talked about Jacob and Esau and how Jacob had tricked him and Esau left. And so so lots happened right. before and Jacob, he comes And back, Jacob so. had a really good relationship with his mom. We can wrestle with the definition of good, but he has a strong relationship with his mom. Yeah, yeah. And it, what we can tell is probably a distant relationship from his dad, right? So maybe Jacob doesn't have the best dad figure, right? Correct. So now he's on the run. He's uh, His brother is pursuing him, wants to kill him, like that yep, ever yep. happens in families yeah, on a weekly basis. And so now he runs to a foreign land, and uh, he gets hooked up with this guy who eventually becomes his father-in-law. Yeah, right? it's actually his uncle Laban. Right. So that's the interesting That's a part. weird thing. I know. He's trying. He's he went to the land of Arkansas. <laughs> well, you know, back then the lines weren't as they weren't as as muddied as they are now. Let's call it that way. And and honestly, it was it was it was honorable to find someone from your family line to to marry. But yes, Arkansas now would be a, more of an. A, Sorry. Probably with the different the different. <laughs> Different state of being. The so. only guys that are still listening are the guys in Arkansas. They're like, that's a good joke. And now we've just offended we've all of them. We've lost them. them. So, sorry. Uh, sorry to the two guys from Arkansas that listen. Arkansasians. I, I truly apologize. So so, so Jacob is there at Laban. And, and if you know this story, uh, Jacob sees sees Rachel, this 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 woman that he wants to to marry. She's beautiful. And, um, and Laban's like, sure, you can have her. You got to work seven years. Right. So he works for him for seven years. Right. And then the night of their wedding, I don't know how this happens, but we're just going to go with this. Um, the, 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 dad, li- the lights were out. Let's say the candles were blown out and it was dark. Yeah. And so he gets uh, Leah, the other daughter, the older daughter, because right. Laban's like, I don't want my older daughter to be to be an old widower so you can have her. And then 
No, he doesn't say that. No, he no, basically he, he tricks him because the, the him. ceremony she has a veil on, and he de- you know he doesn't know who it is. And then he goes back to consummate the wedding, and he wakes up the next day, and the sun's out, and the birds are shining, and he's like, "This was amazing." And he rolls over, and guess who's there? It's Leah. Leah, not Rachel. And it's like, wait a tick. <laughs> this isn't who I worked for. And and that's when he said, which is ironic because, you know, Jacob's name is Schemer. Uh-huh. And he is, you know, so sometimes it's like a taste of your own medicine. It's it's shocking that he didn't see it coming. Exactly. And uh, and then so 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 then he he say, he then then agrees that day to say I'm going to work seven more years for Rachel and he's okay so you have them both so here he is Leah and Rachel and God has called him to be the founder of the nation of Israel in the future right um, you know and we're going to get to that but you there is a ton of brokenness in the Bible and and yeah. so I think for anybody to think that this is clean like this clean and then everybody worked out okay and the white picket fence it's like no there there's a struggle there was a battle and so 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 he's got these these two women he begins to create this this nation and I love what you said about all the father figures yeah, in think Jacob's about Jacob. life think about Jacob and just the 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 weird thing that happens that he he has a dad that's estranged from him right and so he doesn't have a good dad relationship and how many of us today struggle with our dad relationships because it wasn't what we needed Mm. it wasn't what we wanted or maybe it just wasn't there for whatever reason our dads weren't trained how to be dads whatever it is and now he goes and he has an opportunity for a second father figure a father-in-law you might say and the father-in-law does what tricks him yeah. You know, so imagine Jacob's view of men and masculinity and the impact that that could have on him as being a dad. He hasn't had a great example of what it means to be a dad. All he's had is one guy who loved the other brother better than him. So he never lived up to the expectation. Yeah. And one guy who was willing to use him and abuse him because he wanted his way rather than what was going to be best for his daughters and for Jacob. And so the guy's coming in totally, totally broken on the idea of what a man is or what a dad is or what a father is then he's going to be the father of 12 boys yeah you know and now he's got to figure out how to be the dad not just of two not just of one wife but two wives and and he's going to have 12 sons that will become the 12 tribes of israel Mm -hmm. and he's had nothing but failure as fathers above him and around him yeah and so, so then, then you keep fast forwarding through the story as, as he is moving his family. There comes a day when it's, he hears, Hey, Esau's coming back to see you. And he got like a ton of people. Right. Well, and the reason why that's happening is because finally he's so fed up with his father-in-law and the, the crappy situation he's living there and the, the betrayal that's going on that it, and it, it takes into the, you know, sheep, and he's being blessed to be able to leave one day. But Laban is is scheming behind the scenes so that he'll never be able to leave because he's jerry rigging the entire sheeping, birthing process. Yes, right? remember that. Yeah, so that's and a whole so other. Finally, side. Jacob's like, okay, you're scheming. I'm going to scheme right back at you, and he coordinates it in such a way that he actually prospers above La- uh, Laban. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, it is time to leave. This is toxic. I am out of here. So he's heading back yeah. to his homeland. And as he's heading back to his homeland, word gets out that this guy with a bunch of cattle and is moving back in. Esau knows that must be my brother. So Esau's like, it's go time. Let's we're, go. We're meeting up. It's been 14 years. Water under the bridge. Maybe, maybe not. And maybe it's my time to go on. And Jacob, of course, is thinking, Esau, 14 years. 
I've seen that guy put down a bull. I've yeah. seen that guy, you know, I, I, I know what he can do with a bow and arrow. I know what he can do hunting, and now I'm the prey. And it is a lot of fear for him to go back. But he can't stay where he's at because it's so full of toxicity. Mm. And he has no place else to go but go home. And he's terrified. What is home going to be like when I get there? Yeah, and so and the whole time, his basis of every man is... They're out to get me. They're yep. not for me. And I'm not good enough. I'm not living up to expectations yes. and standards. And so he's this inferior, betray, betrayed heart kind of guy. He is he is broken, which a lot of guys in our culture today live. Yeah, yeah. You know? And a so what does he do? What does he do? Does what he... You know, and that and that's the question. Like, what yeah. what are the lessons for us to learn from him as he's facing this reality? Yeah, so, so it's interesting because even in here, he moved... Rachel and, and, and a bunch of the family to, to basically two like encampments. So it's like, okay, if Esau comes and he takes this one, I've still got a backup plan. You know, I've got this backup plan. Just I cannot trust anybody. And I love it in, in uh, chapter 32 of Genesis. It says in verse 22. Hold on a second. Go for it. I think there's a ton of truth in that. Okay. I can't trust anybody. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's exactly the reality that so many of us live in. Of this fear of like, I can't trust anybody. So I'm on my own. So I'm going to take it my own. I'm pulling myself up on my bootstraps. And by God, it's going to be me. And I'm looking out for number one. And that is all about yeah. I myself. It's all about me. He was backed into a corner. He did everything that he could physically do. I'm going to try and do all the planning that I can because I don't know what else to do. Right. And he gets him. Get it, and I love because God brings us to that point gently. I love it. He brings us to this point to go. Time out. It's all about you. And something in Jacob was like there was this fight or flight mentality. But with God, there was no fight or flight. There was just a fight mentality. It was just a fight. And God, God did it gently. He said, the same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 children and crossed the ford to the, to the Jaboke. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. And he said, why is it that you ask my name? Uh, and, and there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of that place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. The sun rose up uh, upon him, and he passed through Peniel, limping because of his limp. Therefore, to this day, the people of Israel did not eat the sinew of the thigh that is in the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. I love this whole story in the midst of this battle of, like, Jacob was brought back to a corner where God was like, Okay, I finally got you where I need you. Right. And then Jacob's like, I'm going to wrestle. And I love what he did. He fought and strove with God and he won. God let him win. Now, I know that this angel could have just overpowered him, like blown him down. I mean, like you see this in the scriptures. There's times when, when like an angel speaks and people drop to the ground almost dead. This angel let Jacob wrestle. Him. He's like, you've never had someone who's shown you your power and your strength as oh, a child of God. God. And I'm going to let you wrestle in this. Now, he, he, he touched, all he did was touch his thigh and he had a limp forever. So there was a wound in there, but it was a wound that every time Jacob felt that he was like, wait a minute. Right. I wrestled with God. And I think that's important because we all have scars that we bring forward. And what do we do yeah. with our scars? 
and his scar was 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 one that was known by other people around him. And so so often we try to hide our scars, or we try to overcome our scars, or we try to um, justify our scars. And 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 what God is doing is like, no, no, no. I want to redeem your scars. Yeah, I want to redeem your scars in such a way that you have no doubt that you're my kid. And though your dad wasn't the dad that you wanted or needed, and though your father-in-law wasn't the dad or the father that you needed. I am your dad and I'm exactly what you need. And so I'm going to give you what you need today, tomorrow and forever. So you'll never forget it. Here's the scar. Like he said, stop looking at other men to validate you and look to me. Right. And in that struggle, in that, in that, in that pressure, in that kind of battle, he was like, no, I'm not letting go. So there's something in the night that clicked in him. You've had those days where like, you're like, no, I'm not going to back down from this. I'm not. Or it's like the straw that broke the camel's back, but on either side, it's not like that's it. I'm done with this. It's like, no, this is the moment where I stand and I face God. And God said, you're my kid. And not only am I going to let you wrestle with me, I'm going to change your name. He eventually changes his name. Just like you said. He changes his trajectory. Yes. Everything changed. Everything. So the, so, so, so the struggle with us is, is, is wherever you are, if you've, if you've journeyed through this life and you realize, wow, I've never been fathered the way that I want to be fathered. I've never been told these, the, you know, you know, that I have what it, what it takes. God's going, I want to wrestle with you because I want to show you that you do because of me. That I've been given, I've, I've given you everything that you need to be a godly father. If you have children, you have everything you need to be a godly father because of the truth of God's word. We have his spirit who says, no, you need to wrestle with this. But most guys will not wrestle with God. They will just play it safe. They'll go to church. They'll serve. They'll do, and I'm talking about guys who know Jesus. And they'll serve and they'll, they'll have this preconceived idea of, of who God is always with the filter of their own father. And, it, and God's saying, I want to redefine this filter. This has nothing to do with other men. This has everything to do with you and me alone, and nobody else can do this to you. Right. God's like, I want to validate the strength in you. And then he gave an opportunity to do it before he met his brother because he needed to know that it had nothing to do with whatever his brother did with him the next day. God wasn't like, and now you're going to be okay. It's like, no. It's like, you need to know where you stand with me before you stand in front of any other men. And God wants that for us. I... I that's such a mic drop because I've never heard this taught that way, but it's so absolutely true. And I think it speaks to the heart of so many guys in their wrestling. I, I think of a guy here at the, the uh, cigar shop that we hang out and, and he's still to this day, he's well into it. He's 61, 62, and he still carries these scars and the struggle of losing his dad at such a young age and having to navigate junior high, high school, college, all yeah. of life without this dad figure. Yeah. And, and it's like, God, I, I love this. God in his mercy and grace was like, Jacob, the journey I have for you, Israel, the journey I have for you, you need me and you need to not doubt my love for you. Yeah. You know, I, he, I love it. He takes all the lies that Jacob believed in his whole life. I'm just a schemer. I'm just a, now again, he was a schemer, but, but he said, I'm taking all these lies that you've accepted about yourself, all the lies that you've lived in, and I'm going to change everything about it. And we have an opportunity as men of God to go. This is not who I am. Who I was is not who I have to be, especially as I sit there and go, God, who are you calling me to be? Fearfully and wonderfully made. From the very beginning, he was this sensitive, you know, philosopher kind of boy who, who used that in a negative way and tricked it. But he's like, no, I'm making you the father of the nation of Israel. Like you are going to lead this whole thing. The underdog, the weak one the whole time, God said, I've got big, big plans for you. The one that the world would look at and go, you are the weak, worthless one 
Just sit back and make your stew. Just sit back and learn your sewing or whatever it is. And I'm not saying that because that therefore means anybody who's rough and tumble is, is not, is not, but it's like, it's, it's this calling of God to go, no, I am validating your strength. I don't care what anyone else says about you. This is who you are. And he changes his name. And there's a lot of guys out there who need their name to be changed because they've accepted the lie of failure, not good enough, never going to amount to anything. And they, we, we see guys who, who, who journey through this, who live in the wounding of this. Right. And they even become guys who run Fortune 500 companies. Who Desperate go, for the validation of their dad that will never come. Yes. But their heavenly father screaming at them, no, you're my kid, and I am well pleased with you. Yeah, just, again, guys, Jesus needed to hear this. Jesus came up from, from the water in Luke, and, and this dove appeared over and said, this is my beloved child in whom I'm well pleased. And that didn't come without a wrestle. Like, let's be honest. He spent 40 days in the wilderness fighting, striving as the enemy was just speaking into his ear. Right. You know, three times, do these things, jump off this, and I'll have angels protect you. And, and, and I, I'll give you all of this. And he's like, no, my dad is calling me. This is the strive. So dad's... If you got to get away, if you got to stop, if you got to find a place, whether you just need to go, honey, I want to go for like a drive and wrestle with God about your standing in front of him. So we're not defined by our fathers. We are not defined by our vocations. We are not defined by our successes and we are not defined by our failures. We are defined by the one who knows us, who calls us by name, has redeemed us and has said, you are more than you could even imagine. Yeah. You're my son. And I love this whole standing, God needed him to understand his value as, as a child of God because in the, in the next part of the story, it's interesting what actually happened because I really believe that along the journey, God got a hold of Esau's heart. Check this out in chapter 33. It says, I know I'm reading some scripture today, guys, but bear with me because the story is really, really powerful. It says, and Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, Esau was coming and 400 men with him. So, so oh, then, so, so talk about a pucker moment. Exactly. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and the two female servants. And he put the servants with their children in front, then Leah with her children and then Rachel and Joseph last of all. He himself went on before them, bowing himself to the ground seven times until he came near his brother. Until, until he came near to his brother. I love this part. There's so much tension right here. It's like in that, do you remember in the, in, in the movie Braveheart, as the two sides are running to, the, to, to each yeah. other, and you, know, you yeah. see the king, and, and they're running and running and running, and all of a sudden they get, they, they get like really, really close, and then they hug each other? Yeah. And I yeah. love this. In verse 4 it says, But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. Mm. Esau wasn't pissed anymore. If God hadn't have come to, 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 to Jacob the night before and validated his strength as his child then, would he have wanted to do it at this point because everything was okay with Esau? Right. God's like, I need to do this to you now. Your standing with me needs to be fine regardless of how, how, of how Esau was now. At the whole time, God knew where Esau was. He's like, I'm not mad anymore. I got me a kingdom, essentially. Right. I got people around me. I did okay it's okay. Somewhere in those 14 years that he was away from him, he was like, he was like you know what? We're good. But and, I, and I wonder if, if Jacob was wrestling with this idea of like, okay, my brother's coming. Do I go and fight him? Taking it? Do I go stand up to him? Do I puff up my chest and say, okay, let's go? Or because of the wrestling, because of the, the, the sleepless night before, he was so exhausted that the only thing he could do is in humility bow down and say, oh, I got nothing. Yeah. I'm at... I, I'm at Esau, I got nothing. I am I am bowing down. I got nothing. 
because I am exhausted. I yeah. am, I am done. And that helped change Esau's heart to go from, I'm not here to kill you. Exactly. I'm like here to see you restored. I want to see my brother because when things are good with God, it doesn't matter how things are how things are with men. Right. Oh, we have a. Father. When things are good with God, it doesn't matter how things are with men. God looks at us and says, "This is who you are. You have what it takes. You're my kid, in whom I'm well pleased." We can do this together, and quite frankly, that's when the scripture says, "My my my burden is easy, or my my yoke is easy, my burden is light." I have got you. Walk in my surety, and whatever comes at you, know that you and me are good. So at that moment, as he was tr- literally limping to his brother, right? Oh, how'd you get that? That's a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about it. When when did this happen? Last night. Yeah, I wrestled with God, and I won. Because that's because my dad let me win. He showed me that I had masculinity and I had what it takes yeah. because of him. And an angel literally let me win and said, no, let me go. And he's like, I'm not going to let you go. So Esau, I didn't have this for years. I had this right now. But then I had the boldness to come to you and go, even if you kill me, I know where I stand yeah. with God. Don't be afraid of the, the 11th hour. Yeah. God Don't is, be afraid to, of the 11th hour. God has great things for us as dads, and we just need to latch into going, God, I'm willing to wrestle with you, and most guys are not willing to wrestle with God. Right. They just want to have it easy. If everything's all right with everybody here, you know, hor- horizontally, they're, they're very few are, are worried about, about this, this whole vertical relationship with God. But God looks at us and says, guys, as men of God, I don't care where you came from. I don't care what wounds you have. I want to validate this and go, you have what it takes because of me. So I think nobody rest- else. Right. And I think wrestling with God is taking time again, taking time, taking some sleepless nights and really being honest with those wounds that you have, those lies that you believe. And that's where the wrestle is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and holding up those lies to the truth of God and saying, I can't believe this anymore. I don't want to believe this anymore. God, you have got to rescue me from this lie that has been a part of my life for so long. Yeah. God wants to take those lies away. So guys, I think the thing we need to leave you with today is you need to find time to wrestle with God. We might've talked about this before, but you need to wrestle with God today because if you wrestle with God today it will help you become a better father later on this afternoon yep not even not even in like a year this happened within 12 hours of him meeting his brother fearfully and scared God wrestled with him so that he understood his value as child of God and who he was and what he was called to be and God has great things for us but our family need us to wrestle with God to be honest with him love it man love where we're at love coming to the end of season three we got a few more to go through and uh, then uh, season four starts up in the fall thank you guys so much for listening hopefully this has been a blessing to you I know it has been to me it's been challenging and encouraging at the same time and uh, man as always listen um, subscribe support we love it all thanks a lot guys have a great day thanks for listening to by dads for dads on the known legacy podcast Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.